the latest episode of Carrie and Dan Save Christmas, your favorite holiday movie podcast that you're listening to right now. I'm Dan. And I'm Carrie. And today we're talking about Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, the holiday musical delivered on screen filled with all of the theatrical magic we've been missing since March. And today we're joined again by Nutcracker enthusiast Felicia Felicia Fitzpatrick. Why can't I talk today? But Felicia, hi. Our I first repeat so guest. Oh no, I laughed so hard my headphones fell out of my ears. I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. hi. I love Nutcracker enthusiasts as my description. Honored, happy to be back. Yeah. Oh, jingle jangle, you guys. Are you excited to dive into this? Oh, it was so beautiful. I did not, I like put this on. I was like, um, the, you know, background, like I, how I watched like all of these movies, but I was like, oh no, this is actually really beautiful. I will full on watch this again. I will make my mom watch it. I will make my dad watch it. My dad hates musicals. I will, this is. But it's genre defying, right? Like you've got the musical, you've got the family, you've got the holiday, you've got the action fantasy. Yes. So the like adorable design for like everything like it was so lovingly put together like it's at so every gorgeous. level of production I was like wow yes and so for the listeners um I was just telling Carrie and Dan I got to interview David E. Talbert who wrote and directed it so I have little tidbits and like little nuggets I can share and speaking to the production design <clears throat> um I this is an easter egg so you have to go back and watch it but um, every building is named after a black inventor or innovator or like trailblazer. Oh my God. Oh, that's so go cool. Yeah, I didn't catch it the first time, but he said there's one for John Lewis, who of course passed this year, but there's one for, um, oh snap, his last name. Oh, he told me, let me look at my notes. Um, he said, uh, 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 oh, oh. It, this wasn't a building but Edison the little cute guy mm. the little like assistant his name is Edison Latimer because Latimer is the last name of a, the black inventor who invented the filament which like helped Thomas Edison invent do the light bulb oh. light bulb but no one talks about him but so there's uh. all the eggs that you have oh, to, like, that's so about. cool yeah um so I'm excited to dive in. Shall, shall I give the 60 second recap while we're uh, yes. Yeah, let me just pull up 60 seconds on the viewing clock. Out. Are you gonna do it in 45 again and <laughs> stage us all? <laughs> I can try, I can try. I feel like there, I know, I have to stay like bird's eye view with this instead of getting into all the nitty gritty details and like what I loved about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I can aim for 45, we'll see. But 60 seconds may be more accurate here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on. There is. In a great okay. way. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> ready? Yes. That. Go. All right. Jingle Jangle is a musical holiday action fantasy film about Geronicus Jangle, who is an inventor, and he has a thriving um, toy shop, invention shop that's called The World of Wishes and Wonder. And he has an apprentice named Gustafson. And um, Gustafson is his. It really wants to make his own inventions, but feels like Geronicus isn't giving him the time of day. So he is he is uh, persuaded by a talking toy to steal all of Geronicus's inventions and become twenty five like seconds. A, <laughs> the most toy inventor. I only have twenty five seconds left. Yes, go 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 go. go, go. Okay. 
oh my gosh so Nick and his daughter and his granddaughter um also have these magical toy making invention powers and his granddaughter comes and makes him believe in the magic again to help him be an inventor and and they all become a happy family at holiday times where there's so much that I've missed oh my god oh that's good no okay, we can go hard. back that was a you, hard one you did a top you did a top level um, I got too into it. No, I got too you into did. it. You did. Like, you I went I too into the origin story. Right. Then that was like, the, I just did the first minute. That, <laughs> oh my God. You were about okay. to do a point by point I, plot. I was literally summary. like, let's break down the script beat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, maybe it's good because it doesn't spoil it, but it's about like believing and it's about family and it's about holidays and it's about inventions and women in stem there's oh my god so this is the thing that stood out the most to me is the black women in stem yes when like i'm sorry but when Mm -mm. when have you seen this before oh i will say uh and this movie reminded me a lot of it and which is why i also another reason why I like this movie, A Wrinkle in Time, directed yes. by Ava DuVernay. Right. Where, right. especially the way they visualized them doing like mental math, yeah, like right. mental magical math. And like, first of all, I would not suck at math as much as I do if that's how it manifested as I was like trying to put it together. <laughs> yeah. It was like these beautiful sparkles around my like mind. But um, yeah, it had that sort of, um, that that is a scene that, or a thing that, not comes from that movie, but is also done and is also like this, you know, this young biracial girl like having magical adventures, which if you have not seen that movie, I strongly recommend. Yes. Uh, as like a fun companion piece yeah. to a wrinkle in time, uh, yeah. to uh, Jingle Jangle. Yeah. But, um, oh my goodness, this movie had so much. It had Anika Nani Rose, <laughs> who is uh, just- Tony Winner. Tony Winner and winner of my heart. Right. He's in. For decades. For de- even in, from Justin McKelly. She is a standout. That is a wow, controversial opinion. I hold. No, I'm not. I'm not like saying this facetiously at all. She is, for what she's been given to do, she is fantastic at it, and her mm. voice is unmatched. I like yeah, tweeted, and I was like, her voice is like champagne for the ear. It's like light, and it like sparkles, and then when it hits, it hits. I like that. Uh, that song that she does like at the big climax where she comes back to, and like mm. everything has fallen apart, and like uh, Gustafson, who is Keegan Michael Key in a spectacular like Justice. green, like a very like uh, Emerald City sort of green cloak. Yeah, I, I will say, look, Keegan Michael Key is having a renaissance in like musical theater in like musical movies yeah he's in the prom which released uh like two weeks ago Mm. and this uh both for netflix and he's someone who i never would have thought of as a like he had he sang in a couple like key and peel sketches i think about like the les mis sketch but it's also like very like jokey singing but he's like very earnestly you know doing a great job and he moves very well I was gonna say he has the like vulnerability to just go all in which I think you needed for this movie yeah. and for the prom but like for this it was like you have to believe in the stakes and like this world and I, I really appreciated his like I felt bad for him I know he's like the villain and like accomplice of the villain or whatever but like when he tried to present his are we, how I don't are we, what are we doing about spoilers here? Can I talk about Buddy? Spoiler oh yeah, alert, we're gonna okay. there are gonna be spoilers in this okay, episode. Spoilers. So when he was trying to present Buddy three thousand and it obviously didn't work because it wasn't for him and he didn't invent it. I was still like, Keegan is so good at just like playing the emotional truth that he's not like the villain. He's like, this is my truth as this character. And I was like, Keegan, like 
I want you to be happy and find success, but don't steal people's toys. Yeah, it, it's, he is, yeah, like you said, he is the antagonist. He he plays the older version, who's supposed to be like in his 50s or 60s. We're supposed to believe he's only like a handful of years younger than the young um, Geronicus. Right. Um, it, like, first of all, both of the, the young actors, uh, the young iterations of those characters were also spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, also everyone in this movie is unreasonably good looking like yeah yeah there are no pores to be found perfect skit beautiful hair uh i could not get enough and of how wonderful this movie was to to look at and seeing so many particularly black performers styled in just the the most incredible way especially for a fantasy film Um, right you know it's styled like any other whimsical christmas fantasy film would be you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. with like hair braiding and and things like that. I was just yeah. like oh I've never seen something like this before and it makes me so happy but um yeah we get the feeling and and he has a scene with Journey which is the name of uh Dronicus's young granddaughter who comes and mm-hmm. like gets him back into the Christmas spirit and the toy making spirit and stuff and he obviously is like trying to like steal information from her and the daughter's and this kid is no fool in a real one and gives up nothing it's like we're just yeah. a pawn shop sir please leave I have to go sweep or something now um and but you never get the sense that he's just this mustache twirly super evil villain he is someone who you know enjoys his status at the top and knows he doesn't fully deserve it however he like to some degree he does feel like he because he's like i did put in the work on these designs they're not mine but i made them come to you know and he's being manipulated by this tiny matador character uh like sort of automaton um voiced by ricky martin ricky martin yeah who was living la vida loca over here right yeah it was absolutely spectacular at this part um you know who kind of like it's like yeah you know you deserve this to the but you do get the feeling that like he does not feel great about what he's doing right you see the con but he can't stop but he's been addicted to the popularity and the success is he a capricorn I don't know. Maybe. Capricorn's I don't know, I don't know if Capricorn would feel bad about it, to be honest. He might have a Capricorn plus water. Here, I'll say this. I feel like a Virgo. This feels like a Virgo thing, maybe. Because he's yeah. always been ambitious, but it's like he struggles with that he knows he didn't go about it the right way. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's not Capricorn. I don't know. A Capricorn um, plus a water sign or uh, plus a water sign somewhere else in the chart, maybe. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, I needed more of it like I, I did not have the reaction to this character that you two did like I actually thought his motivation other than the fact that he was being manipulated by a character voiced by Ricky Martin <laughs> like I really didn't understand his purpose as a as a antagonist like I wanted I needed a scene with him without the doll yeah like I, I needed see. to see like yeah. him rather than like him being manipulated and being like oh yeah you're right um but i do love kiki michael key i kind of wanted him his musical number i wanted him to kind of have a dark night of the soul song where he's like choosing what to do do the right thing and then in the moment doing the right thing yes at at the end which he does and then he goes to jail anyway Mm -hmm. um that's that's true i guess because they have that scene at the very beginning where his like toy fails in front of everyone like a loser apprentice and i guess that like that wasn't enough but i guess that was a setup of the that's a capricorn story. villain origin story 
well, okay, like people laughing at me, I have to prove them wrong, you know, and then their ambition. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I loved his musical number. It was so fun. I love Square Root of Possible. I oh my God, that song is perfection. Yeah. And they all felt like organic. I know that's such a buzzword now, but we, we like, I feel like us three, especially, yeah. you know, when a song's just been like stuffed in and you're like, this is not it. But those all, felt you can like, tell the Oscar bait song in most musical movies. Like, either it's usually <laughs> yes. the one that's like, if it's from a stage show, it is the song that is not in the stage show and is demonstrably worse. It's like very obviously worse. Like, for the prom, it's the wear your crown or whatever. Look, I'm coming for the prom a little bit, but it is obviously <laughs> okay. the song that was shoehorned in so that you could, it has an Oscar qualifying song. Yeah. In this, all of these songs are original. So yeah. that's fine. Uh, oh, John Legend did all the music for this, right? Yeah, Along he worked with, with- Philip Lawrence and David, uh, Davey Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, you could, but you can hear the the John Legend, like particularly, yeah. uh, um, what was the song? Um, Gustafson's song was the was the one where I was like, yeah, I can tell you this. Is but also even uh, Ricky Martin's first number, it you know is very you know Spanish sound. It like has that like sort of or, like the guitar and like things like that. But even um, the the vocal range, as you hear, it, I was like, I can imagine John Legend doing the demo for this number. Oh yeah. Uh, like I, there are certain things in there. I'm like musically and also the big choral ensemble numbers. I'm like it has so much of his musical stamp on it mm-hmm. um not that again he is not solely responsible for the music but there there were cer- certain things I where i was like, like the way you know when you listen to like a lin-manuel miranda song like <laughs> or disney like the ones yeah. that are not like hamilton or in the heights there are certain like musical things that you can tell he's very specifically interested in mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. for lin-manuel miranda it's very much wordplay and like playing with pacing rhythms, playing with rhythm right. whereas john legend it's like giving people stuff to vocally show off yeah uh and it, and also just big swelling right like, crescendos in music is something that he very much likes and you can you can oh, nika nani rose's song where they're they're um getting what is it called the one where they're like building everything up again and she's like coming to go get journey i think make it work or something make like it that. work and i was like yeah. wow yeah it's got uh. some like uh I don't know what the proper term is but it has you can just feel the influences of like black spirituals or like I don't, it reminds yeah. me of a song with some Scottsboro boys when they're like um I don't it's changing chain gang like, yeah it, no I, it was a chain gang I, I don't know but like that kind of vibe and it was I mean it hits a certain way but it was it was really beautiful and all the arrangements were great um and I found out during the interview that he so David started writing this in 1997 oh my clear God. right i know i, I had to believe in your vision well. kids like 20 and years later he wanted it to be yeah. a stage musical and yes, he I does want it to come to the stage eventually. it should i'm like it could totally i mean as we were just saying like it is a movie musical that could totally translate to the stage very right? easily would be not not so hard cool. at all yeah. No, and it also has like the spectacle elements that would make it so cool on stage yeah and it has the heart um and he was inspired so I'm curious to know if you guys picked up on this because before I talked to him I felt this while watching it but like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang yep mm-hmm. and Willy Wonka and all those kind of vibes like those were the movies he said he grew up watching mm-hmm. and those in for he was like oh I love this and he was like trying to introduce Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to his son and he's like too sweet too sweet and his son was just like I'm gonna go play with my Legos. Like he was. That's how I felt watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in like middle school or elementary school as a kid. But I was like, yeah, my parents like for 
this movie is like extremely problematic in the way all things from like before 1930 1940 are but it has uh not Chitty Chitty Bang it which I mean Chitty Chitty Bang I'm sure has some stuff in it that if I were to watch it today I'd be like yikes um but March <laughs> of the Wooden Sh- Soldiers is the one that I watch my mom and my brother watch it every year um you know and that was the one it was like you know it is set in a toy makers right um, yeah it has musical numbers and it has um you know but yeah, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I feel like feels like a better parallel because it's very specifically focused on kids. and kids. Um, yeah. And yeah. but so that he like loved this idea of doing it like from the kid's eyes, but his yeah. son was not interested. And he was like, oh, you know, I, I had this moment of realizing like he likes seeing himself on screen. These mm-hmm. days, like he's like six or seven, I think, right now, like he gets to see himself in Black Panther, you know, in all these different movies. And mm. he's like, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was all I had. So if I was interested in that content, like I just had to watch that. And he's like, so I was ex- so excited to like actually make my version of that, put my spin mm. on it, yeah. which I loved. I was like, yeah. arguably a better movie than Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm yeah. like, I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, <clears throat> but yes, like this is more, it's, it's, it's the music song. slaps better than Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's music does. I'm sorry. It, Although Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as a song, like will sit in your head for <laughs> 24 hours if you hum it. I just have a really odd attachment to Chitty Chitty No, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not, I'm not dunking on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm saying Jingle Jangle gave me the feelings that I think when Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was shown to me, it was meant to. Ins- oh, so I think I saw it yeah. a slightly above the age where it would have had all that magic for me. Yeah. So yeah. I think I saw it around middle school. So like that was, right. you know, it's not cool to like things that are young, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm useless for this conversation. I have never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> I mean, now that you've seen Jingle Jangle, you might be like, Carrie, and be like, fuck this, but like, Jingle Bells, this, I always swear. I'm so sorry, Carrie. Oh, no, I cut, I cut, um, I thought I cut out most of all the, the swearing in the, <laughs> you did the, not. but my mom was like, no, you missed a couple. Um, and also, I'm it takes so too sorry, long to Karen. do because it involves me like re listening to the whole episode. I'm like, right. I don't have time for that. So, I I'll, if I play this back and I find that, I'll sub it out. I mean, it is what it is, but it's, 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 I, I think just to know a part of the canon, like yeah. maybe you'd be interested in watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but yes. yes like No, I think just, you should as like where it falls in the history of musical movies. And just to know that the, it's inspired Jingle Jangle, I think is interesting. But yes, like, to Carrie's point, like Jingle Jangle is, I mean, it, 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 it's more with our sensibilities today and not just the representation. It, it, feels, it feels like Cinderella in that way though, right? Where it's like, yes, uh-huh. you get to enjoy this fantastical, whimsical world and it just looks like the world around you. Like it's not like oh they're struggling because they're black. They just are the central characters, and you get to see them be smart in STEM and have magical powers. It's like cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're only. It's kind of funny because this movie gives white people the representation that black people have in normal Christmas movies, where it's like right. can, you can kind of one hand the white. Uh, like there's like a constable who Horace Whitaker mm. accidentally beans in the face with like a snowball. <laughs> Um, and then there's Hugh Bonneville of Downton Abbey fame, yes, uh, who comes in at the end. Um, but yeah, it really, uh, threw, oh, can we just like talk about the cast? Forrest Whitaker plays adult Geronicus. Did not know he could sing. He actually he has a quite nice I no idea. voice. Yeah. As we said, Keegan-Michael Key is the Gustafson as an adult. Um, Anika Nani Rose plays Jessica, who's the mom of Journey. But also, I, first of all, to point out, it's a Christmas, it's Jingle Jangle Christmas Journey. Journey. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's good. Uh, played by uh, Young Journey, played by Madeline Mills. Uh, 
older grandma journey uh, is played by Felicia Rashad. It's so good. Who also is that reveal. As, I yeah. Know. Oh, I had the feeling like almost certainly. I was like, oh, absolutely. This is I going to be. I was totally um, surprised. Oh, good. But she's just so elegant and so gorgeous. Regal, uh, yes. Uh. Yes. Uh, Ricky Martin, as we said, as Don Juan Diego. It, it, like all around. Um, yeah. Absolutely cast. stellar cast. Incredibly talented. Yeah. Even child actors, you know, child actors don't always uh, come through, but these kids did. I, I, I will say. Edison was so cute. He was, so he was cute. precious. It's like, I'm the apprentice. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Little kids with British accents like sent so, me every time. So yeah. Yeah. Who was the woman who played um the like the woman who liked Geronicus? I can't even think of the kid. Oh, I have I have it up. Philip. Yeah. Okay. She I, was spectacular. Her, she was very her. funny. She reminded yeah, yeah. me of oh my goodness. She just passed and it was so sad. Um who was in Brandy Cinderella? Who played the the sister? Oh, she had um, Natalie. Natalie. I can't think of her name, but I know who you're talking about. Hold um, on, I'll stand by. Um, Natalie Dreisel Reed. Yes, yeah. Natalie Dreisel Reed. She yeah. had that same great comic timing mm-hmm. um, that she had, and for and, sure. And also, there's something about her, like just how she looks. That kind of reminded me of this actress. Yeah, um, quite a bit. And I was just like, what? But like, yeah, she was spectacular. And I, I was like, I ship it. I want her and Forrest Whitaker to get, yeah. it, to get, to get together. Yeah, to get together. That mistletoe scene was so cute <gasps> and awkward. <laughs> and, they, and they just kissed her on the cheek. You know, right. it didn't have to be like this big romantic kiss right, like out of a lifetime out. movie. It was just this like sweet, really genuine thing. I appreciated it. Yeah, that was a yeah. sweet moment. Uh, I loved it. Um, the other thing I was going to bring up that that David said was he he was also inspired. Like talking to him, he just had so many inspirations and like mm. made it into his own vision, which was cool. But he said he loved Up uh, from Pixar. Oh, inspired yeah. the okay. wooden like you know how they had the wooden like interludes uh, in the story. Yeah. Like, oh, they, those were so good. Those are some of my favorite. Um, yeah yeah wants to it also like the animation in this movie is spectacular the cgi yeah. spared no expense but also like the they hearken back to and you can definitely for for what you're saying in terms of like chitty chitty bang bang and uh what was the other movie you just mentioned like Willy Wonka Willy Wonka like um and a couple other like those older holiday like the stop motion like you remember the the um claymation sort of movies like these were done obviously digitally but they're they're simulating that older sort of yeah style of like automaton looking um and it's a great sort of for particularly like segue scenes where like okay we did a 30 year time jump right 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 right. (laughs) and it's very excuse me it's very efficient but also very gorgeous and there's the shot that I keep thinking about is where Gustafson after he runs away with the the toy the design book and he's building his empire and you see him you know the little like wooden cutout thing of him and then as you see uh the Geronicus's shop like fall into disrepair but there's a moment where you see um Gustafson's like animate he like this giant green thing and he like looks over and he's like dominating the screen mm-hmm. and he like mm-hmm. looks over at this like tiny shop that's like shriveling up in front of her. I was like that is a cool yeah that's it, it, very just cool. everything about this movie is so lovingly and beautifully done yeah 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 and that's why I think it's so cool that like 
I mean, I, I guess this happens often, but I just love that David was the writer and the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you can kind of like as the director, I imagine it's you can just you already know what's in your head that you've written. And so to help that come to life and in that way, I think is why it feels so cohesive, mm-hmm. I guess, you yeah. know. And as much as I would have loved to have a movie like this when I was coming, it was like, if he had the idea in 1997, I know. this is, I think this is one of those cases of, and there are a lot of, a lot of people who have like very long gestating creative projects, like Anais Mitchell, who's working on Hades, the musical Hades Town right. for literally a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this, this guy's working on this for like 23 years. As wonderful as it would have been to have this thing for longer, um, there I'm glad that it held out this long just for the technology to get up and the mm, the, the totally. um, kind of the sensibility for for first of all something like Netflix to who has unlimited money for like anything that they want to produce yeah. um, to give a filmmaker a project like this that is an almost exclusively black cast. You know what I mean? Like something yeah. like this. You know, it would not have had this many like. A, a-list black performers necessarily if it were made in 1997 right the technology would not have looked nothing would have looked as gorgeous as it does now yeah. right people mm-hmm. just weren't making movies in this particular i mean obviously visually they couldn't look this way because technology wasn't there but that were like this you know again which is why we're referencing the brandy cinderella cinderella is probably like right thing in terms of like that sort of casting and even that's mm-hmm. not a completely black film I mean we would call it the black Cinderella but it like it's not you know and also but like also in some ways thank god it's not because we wouldn't have Paolo Multivan <laughs> right it is who is a national treasure Cinderella. yeah you know it's a multicultural thing um you know which is still great and wonderful but for this to be so deeply black is mm-hmm. so wonderful and that is something that like I'm glad kids today have and I'm glad we have as adults because like it'll it hits us in the place that like wow I wish we had this but we have it now yeah you know? yeah for sure and I mean it's it's one of those things too like I feel like this has been quite successful like most people Mm -hmm. like this movie it got great reviews like this is incredible reviews yeah a great step like now we can Mm -hmm. make other stories just like this because I have to be totally honest like I don't personally love this story like I'm not really invested Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. like toy making world right and like mm-hmm. that part of the storyline, but like everything about the movie is done so right and so well. Interesting. Like the end of it, I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to like watch this again. Did you like the family storyline though? I feel like you would like that. Uh, I mean, sure. I found it very confusing. Like Anika Nona Rose is like very large entrance at the end is like not really explained very well. She had more to do his, uh, for not to bring work into it, but like right. there was a right. cut song of like when she sends scene. her daughter out. Yes. Right. And so I'm like, I think they had a few more scenes of her that I think they cut because this is sitting at two hours. Sure. Um, yeah. Like it was like an hour 59 with like credits and everything. So I think there was a bit more for her to do when they had her. And I think they streamlined it and were like a little yeah. less interested in her journey. <laughs> yeah. But right. and I kind of wish we had seen that. Cause like I saw a little bit of that cut number and I was like, wow. Yeah. I, just, I think I just would have appreciated like a deep dive either way. Like yeah. either like show me more of the making of the toys or show me more of the mm. family, but I don't necessarily yeah. need more of, of both. Um, yeah. Mm. So just I don't know. Dive on it, one didn't, of them. it didn't 
like it didn't stick with me the same way that I think it, or like it didn't strike me the same way that it struck you guys uh which I just think is really interesting but I think it's more because of the this toilet like I also don't really like Willy Wonka like it's just I think it's this toy Felicia's face just Wonderland fell for those of you who can't I think I've just permanently damaged Felicia Mind's <laughs> professional and personal relationship Not here <laughs> No, it's a nostalgia thing, though. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? If it's something, I don't know how much you watch it growing up, but also not saying Chichi Bang Bang. Like, I, I immediately, the next day when I was working, I was like, click, click, Chichi Bang Bang, like, was in it. And so I think that, oh, that adds okay. a lot to it of just, like, having having it being reminding me of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think I would actually enjoy this more on stage. Mm. Like, I... Like, it would translate I, so easily. Right, like, but I think like seeing the magic behind like what you would have to do on stage to mm-hmm. make like buddy work and make mm-hmm. these like little toys and trinkets, like that to me, I think would be super interesting. Also the choreography, I would want to like not change a thing with this choreography because it was so good. so good. It was so fun to look at. And I'm not someone who like noted I'm not a dancer so I don't super understand what I'm looking at with choreography other than I like this or I don't like this and I can maybe articulate why but this was just so do you know the name of the choreographer you mentioned it off mic earlier Felicia um because like for Wallen I believe Ashley Wallen who did the um great greatest showman yeah Ashley Mm. Wallen yeah yeah it definitely yeah it definitely does feel a bit great to show in yeah especially the the make it work song like we were referencing earlier when they're all like out and they're like gah, 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 and i was yeah. like ah. yeah it was it was cool it was cool it was a cool vibe from the choreo um but yeah i don't know i mean i i i hear what you're saying dan like it's i i think i really appreciate it because of the nostalgia it brought and because we just don't I, i'm still here of like even if I wouldn't have necessarily been invested in the story of an inventor, like, right. Like just honestly, like, because it's the story he's been telling. And, and that's something he said in the interview too, was like, you know, we don't often see stories of black people in the 1800s unless there are whips on our back. Right. And I was like, Ooh. like, so true. And it's, I mean, I know you can appreciate that. Um, but so I think that's, a part of it too that's just even like you know what let me be invested in this inventor because at least he is not a slave like you know what I mean it's it's <laughs> yeah. there's there and 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 I think that's why people would be so excited to see it on stage too like yeah for sure I, like for me yes 100% that point but for me like as someone who really loves like fantasy and like whimsical movies like you know like it like Penelope and like stardust and princess bride and things like that like there are no black people in these like you know the really big nostalgia fantasy movies or like you know minor characters you know what i mean but like in something like this like where it's like a whole world of Mm -hmm. like us and like and you and you do see ensemble members who are of other you know ethnicities and backgrounds and stuff as well but like something that is so there you know, there is like, a, it's a fantasy world, like one, cause there is no, you know, we're not seeing any, you know, systemic oppression or anything in any meaningful right. way, but also it, there is whimsical, there is like genuine yeah. magic. There right. is yeah. Christmas wonder. Right. And that is not a genre that we are, you know, normally even guests, in, you know what I mean? We're not even minor characters in, and, and we are at the center driving it. And it's not even like a thing where like the antagonist just like, a different ethnicity you're having a black protagonist but like you know the villain is some other you know group it's 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 kind of like just 
you know what I mean? It, it's not commenting on anything in, right. in that sense. Right. I was wondering, sorry, and then Daniel, you go, say this really quick. I, yeah. I don't know if it was intentional, but I did like that the protagonist was darker skinned and it was Keegan-Michael Key who was lighter skinned as the villain because I feel like yeah. so, so often we see the opposite if there are two black so protagonists. protagonists. Um, I don't know if it was intentional, but I caught that. Daniel, but also the one uh, police officer in the movie is is yeah. white. And I was like, oh, yeah. and like, I, as I was watching, I was like, where are we going to go here? Right. Um, and then he's like hit in the face with snowball and then like nothing happens. It's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, you know, not that I thought they were going to do a commentary on, you know, race relations with the police in this movie. Yeah. Um, Cause that would be very strange uh, as an angle to go for in a kid's Christmas movie. But I was just like, you know, involuntarily, I'm like, uh oh, you know, but, and then the movie glides right past it. Um, but yeah, Forrest Whitaker was, astounding right. in this movie and this is so outside the real house of things that i think he's even like offered yeah like yeah. the things not only that he would that he is maybe chosen to do over other things in his career but i'm like when was the last time you saw Forrest whitaker laugh in a movie <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um so it was just so delightful to get to see him you know just be a delight and and, and i mean obviously he's he's kind of in a bummer place for the majority of the movie because you know his life has collapsed but for 30 years and he hasn't really been able to do anything about it but I don't know I I do there's something about that that like really got me yeah um, I, I just like seeing Forrest Whitaker happy for once <laughs> he's really uh, miserable in this role. yeah in most movies I'm like what like last king of Scotland panic room was he in blood diamond I don't know you know what I mean it's like yeah. a lot of things that are like a, a lot um <laughs> you know that are a lot to take in but finally he's having a good time um also Anika Nani Rose I'm always happy when Anika Nani Rose is having a good time in a movie yeah and I can always use more of her like honestly yeah. oh yeah I just can't believe they cut they had a song and cut it I understand why like you know narrative reasons yeah. but I'm like but but it's Anika Nani Rose yeah <laughs> I, I mean that's kind you. of how I feel like there are potentially other songs that I would have cut and added that one in. There was a very like... long sequence of children tap dancing in the streets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that I was like, oh, this is, I mean, it's cute. And the choreography was great. Uh, yeah. Of course, Whitaker gets in on it. I was like, go ahead, sir. Um, but at the same time, I was like, but Anika Nani Rose is here. Right. But like, also, find does her? she need another like heavy hitting emotional right and it was song. a slow like, it was a slow ballad before yeah yeah it wasn't like um just another day being a nika nani rose in my house right. uh you know that's not what she sounds like but uh, it wasn't it was not an upbeat number the, the one that was cut yeah um but yeah so does anyone else have any other final thoughts before we get to favorite scenes i just want to make sure that i like hit home that like the technical and like representational achievements of this movie are truly outstanding yes. like it makes mm -hmm. me want to recommend it to everyone it's just that the plot itself and the the like the characters themselves are not really ones that I was particularly drawn to that's all thank you Daniel yes thank you so much I get so nervous <laughs> No, I, I I didn't think you were like. You can find him and tell him you hate his opinions at D Myers News. No, Y E R S no. News. 
I, I thank you for clarifying, but I I, I understood. Oh that. yeah, completely. Okay, we completely got what you're putting down. Um, uh, so favorite scenes? Oh gosh, this I can't. Is where root of impossible is me. I love that song. Mm. That was like the the highlight. Carrie. Um, any scene with that little robot, man. That oh. robot was like I was like BB-8. Who? This is yes. an adorable robot. This is like my favorite. I was like, I would die for this fictitious robot. <laughs> it is adorable. So any scene that that robot was in, my favorite. There were some really strong scenes, but I think I want to say my favorite because it's the one that like just viscerally came to my head when I, and when you guys asked is the escape from Gustafson's uh, cat, you know, factory. And they're yelling at Geronicus and he's doing the math and, and they come out and that whole reunion moment, like that whole scene of them getting through the blade and stuff was just like, I mean, I'm not particularly an action loving person, but obviously it was like thrilling in that way. But I loved how like, that was a moment that he had to, he got to believe again. That was like one step closer to him, like returning to believing in the magic of math or whatever uh and yes and flying off and he was like and i was just like and um and then the woman i can't think of the character's name but that like mrs johnson mrs johnson Mm -hmm. like her coming back and just i don't know that's a that's a nice moment in the movie for me i like i'm not i normally don't get tense in particularly kids movies when there's like actual danger because i'm like particularly this one i'm like I know we're not going to see these like young children being carved up by these like motor blades. Like I rationally know that as a fact, yeah. but right. however, and also like, I'm not going to see them being blown up when the, 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 whatever, the combustion thing happens. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, I did get a little nervous and it, it did succeed when the, you know, they flew through and you see like, it's literally like by a hair and like through the little sleigh or whatever it was that they're yeah. flying through. Heart, yeah. And then the explosion is like inches behind her. And I was like, I'm a little tense. This yeah. movie, this movie got to me. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was maybe like the coffee I had with no food this morning, but uh, <laughs> like I was, I was anxious for a bit, and I like stopped what I was doing to actually like watch that sequence before, like you know, because I'm always like half watching these movies. I was like, no, 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 I'm like fully, I'm fully in it. Okay, okay, they're fine. It's so I can funny go back that to... you half watch because I feel like you retain so much for half watching. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ADHD, baby. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. If I half watch a movie, I'd be like, uh, what was the name of it? I don't know. Oh no, I have to. I, I pull up IMDb for names. I do not remember gotcha. any characters' names. I'm like, oh yeah, the actor who plays them is going through some things in this moment. <laughs> ah, uh, that's fair. Which yeah, oh. in the happiest season, I could not remember any of these characters. Dan remembers in that episode where I was just calling I was like yeah Kristen Stewart was having a you know a sad day and then Aubrey Plaza comes up and I was like oh I should really say these characters names to be fair it was our first episode yeah but I'm like that's how when there are enough famous people in a movie I do not bother to learn the that's fair I'm like oh yeah that's Forrest Whitaker the last thing I'll say is that um also David was like I really wanted a name that felt very singular like Mary Poffins like Caractacus Potts which is from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Daniel or Willy Thank Wonka you. or whatever um so and I feel like Geronicus Jangle is like quite that name I was like yes Geronicus I mean alliteration always helps but oh yeah yeah I loved it, it was... okay so should we do final judgments Felicia yeah. oh god 
on our arbitrary rating scale that changes episode to episode our gold standard is does this movie save christmas right and i'm one of those people where i like a for effort you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah um so i feel like i this is never a good like segment for me to be a part of um It's for you personally. Does this personally for you save Christmas? It's not a, a gold standard or anything. I mean, okay, okay. And you know what? You. Right, that is helpful. And let me say, because since Hot Chocolate Nutcracker, I said that did save my Christmas. And comparatively to that, I'll put it at a nine, just so I can also feel like I'm not just passing out participation trophies. But I think I'll give it a nine because it was, for all of the reasons we said before, like the representation, the vision, the production design, like all of the elements were so beautiful cohesive well done mm-hmm. uh a world of whimsy and wonder all these things however compare if i'm comparing it to hot chocolate nutcracker it did not necessarily save my christmas but i still think it did a fantastic job david e talbert if you're listening and anyone involved if you're listening i want you guys to get a bunch of oscars but i'll put it at a nine that it like was really helpful in christmas spirit but it did not save it for me. Here's the thing, uh, sir, if you are listening, David E. Talbot, uh, if you do Jingle Jangle 2 and you have Debbie Allen in it, maybe Felicia will let you say that one saves Christmas. (laughs) If you just remake this movie and insert Debbie Allen anywhere. Because I didn't like, I didn't cry. Like this movie was emotional, but I, again, remember the weeping? I wept during Hot Chocolate. Yeah, you really did. Like that, so that's my like thing. I wasn't at that, but again, a nine, a very respectable nine out of 10. Yeah. I like that. Uh, this movie saves Christmas for me only, and the metric I'm kind of going by is like, one, it was wonderfully put together and very well done. And like, again, I'm normally not someone who cares about like toy maker movies, but I was like, no, 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 I'm actually invested in this man's small business. Um, <laughs> shop, small, shop local. Um, right. And you know, again, I enjoyed seeing Forrest Whitaker have a good time in a movie. So I was normally, I was like, this saved Christmas for me. Um, and also the metric I'm using, I'm like, what I, having have it, had to watch this movie for a podcast. And I'm also to the point where like so many of these movies I haven't seen before. So I'm like mainlining a lot of them. And also while I have to do other things, this I would happily watch again. I would show it to my family, okay. make sure my baby cousins watch it. Yeah, It is... It really saves Christmas. It is a Christmas movie I wish I had. You know, I wish I'd had growing up at the same time. I'm glad I didn't because again, this would not look and feel the way it does in 1997. Yeah. I just couldn't. So I'm like, I'm very glad this exists in the form that is now. I do believe art sometimes can come up to meet the moment, the right moment, you know, even if you are working on something. So believe in your vision, kids, even if it takes 23 years, you know, if, if it is that thing, if it is that good and that an idea, it will, it'll come out when it needs to and your yeah. audience will find it and meet it. Yep. So this movie saves Christmas for me. Nice. Yeah. Daniel. Hi, Dan. Hi, um, I have the perfect analogy and I hope that you'll agree. Um, so Jingle Jingle is the perfectly baked cinnamon bun. Mm. And Ooh. here's why, because it looks perfect. It feels perfect, but if you're someone who doesn't love cinnamon buns, like you can still appreciate like the master craft gotcha. of building this amazing, warm, baked good. Patron. I like He's that. A writer. That's a He's good. a writer, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. So I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Felicia, anything you would like to plug? Where can folks find you? Oh, you can find me at Felicia Nicola 86 on social media. Um, I don't have anything to plug. Just Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. So grateful to be with y'all as always. Is, when is this, when is this uh, dropping? This will go like on two days. Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, on Tuesday. Okay. My birthday's coming up still, so everyone wish me a happy birthday. Uh, would you like to say your Venmo? Drop your Venmo. Oh my god. You know, people no, do we don't, that. I would say that as a joke. Uh, this I don't know if you want random people sending you requests. They might request money from you, so don't That's do what, that. Yeah, I was gonna say, I know people do that, like make it very public, and I'm like, I feel very intimate with my Venmo. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I don't, and also I don't want like randos having access to like right you know anything like that so no i'm anything to plug i'm just love y'all and oh i love love christmas and and thank you for coming by our first repeat guest honored like honored and delighted honestly Uh, honestly my mother Uh, will be thrilled hi karen i love you (laughs) hi mama fitz if you listen to this i love you too i miss you come back to Uh, new york when it's safe i know Um, i can't wait Daniel, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on D Meyer News on Twitter, and then you can find me on Dan Meyer Twenty Ten on Instagram, and that's M E Y E R. That's where you can go to tell him that he's wrong for hating this movie, which he does. I, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm like, I'm too anxious to even joke about it. I'm like, the internet, you've never fucking know. You never jingle bells. You know. never jingle bells. No. Anyway, Karen, where uh, can find you? Uh, you can find me at, at I am Living Color on Instagram and at underscore I am Living Color on Twitter. Our theme music is Christmas by Neocortex, courtesy of Pond Five. This has been another episode of Carrie and Dan's Safe Christmas. May all your holiday movie viewing be merry and bright. Ho ho ho.